0: Welcome to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We put knowledge and care within reach so you have everything you need to live your life to the fullest. This episode is sponsored by UM Upper Chesapeake Health. Through an unparalleled combination of high quality care and leading edge technology, UM Upper Chesapeake is improving the health of Northeastern Maryland residents by providing an exceptional patient experience for every person, every encounter, every day. Today's topic is the key to finding the right therapist for you. I'm Prakash Chandran and my guest today is Pamela Llewellyn, the Outpatient Behavioral Health Regional Director at UM Upper Chesapeake Health and the Director of the Klein Family Hartford Crisis Center. Pamela, thanks so much for joining us. I wanna start by asking, how does someone know when seeing a therapist is right for them?
1: I'm a little biased here because I am a therapist, so I'm always gonna say that it's a good idea to see one at some point in your life. It can be very enriching just for anyone at any point along the journey that being said there are some telltale signs that it might be time to get some professional help and i always think about this in terms of the big three So the first thing that you want to pay attention to is, are you feeling or experiencing things that are keeping you from functioning the way you usually do every day? So that's the first tier. Things like you're not able to get up in the morning, or you're not sleeping enough too much, you're not eating or eating too much, you're feeling sad or angry, like heightened emotions, maybe it's worry, maybe you're doing that too much, or a loss of interest in the things that you used to find interesting a few weeks or a few months ago. So the first kind of tier is is, is what we call the symptoms or what you're feeling like, what's going on. And then the second thing you may want to pay attention to is if these symptoms get worse, you're not finding that you're bouncing back, they're prolonged several weeks, even months, or if they result in thoughts about wanting to harm yourself. Those kind of things are key signs that it's time to get help.
0: Yeah, that completely makes sense. And I know that sometimes people, they tend to wait until they're really experiencing these emotions at a very high level. But I imagine that you would advocate people seeing you a little bit sooner so you can address some of those things before they happen. Is that correct?
1: Right. Don't wait till it's a crisis. At that point, your functioning is typically um, so deteriorated that there are other things that are pressing for you to take care of, such as, a stable home or some medical complications or basic activities of your daily life, eating and showering and sleeping and so forth. So don't wait till it gets so bad that other things take precedence than your mental health and your wellness and well-being.
0: So let's talk about how you go about finding the right therapist. Are there any best practices or rules that people should follow in order to find the right one?
1: Sure, I mean, I think there are some basic considerations that are kind of what I would call logistics. So things like you're going to want to think about if you are more comfortable talking to a male or a female, if you are comfortable going maybe outside of your neighborhood and seeing somebody in a different community or seeing somebody that's close to home and can you get there. For many of us, you may have to consider your coverage of that benefit. So, the first thing sometimes folks do is they hop onto their health insurance website, they find a list of people in their preferred location that they can get to, and those are some of like the kind of the tactical or logistic parts about finding a therapist. Um, and in addition to that, there are some kind of what I consider secondary or softer kind of considerations. And that is more undefined. It's really how you personally feel with a therapist. So it has to be a good personality fit, somebody that you feel like is going to be interactive with you, somebody who listens well, and those sorts of characteristics that you would really want somebody who's in your corner to have.
0: Absolutely. It feels like you are going to be disclosing a lot of things that are very personal to you. So you want to feel a natural connection to that person. You want to feel really comfortable doing so. That makes a lot of sense. On a professional level, though, I'm curious as to what are the characteristics that you should be looking for?
1: Therapists or counselors, those words are used interchangeably. They typically have at least a master's degree in counseling or psychology with a license to practice that's very important. Some of them have a master's in marriage and family. And of course, there are psychologists who are doctoral level counselors. These are individuals that have special training and experience in a variety of mental health and substance use or addiction conditions. So you're going to want to look for somebody who has those degrees and a license to practice in the state that you're in.
0: Yeah. And I've also heard about a psychiatrist before. So psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, it seems like there's so many different types. Can you maybe talk a little bit about some of the differences?
1: Right. So that can be very confusing, even for the professional community. There are a myriad of titles to people who do mental health or addiction counseling, and they can be licensed social workers, licensed counselors, licensed psychologists. The difference between those and a psychiatrist is a psychiatrist is a physician. They're a doctor. They're a medical doctor with expertise and specialty in psychiatric care. So you would typically see that type of provider for a medication evaluation and medication management and not so much for talk therapy. The talk therapy is going to be the counseling, social work, psychology, marriage and family counselors.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Thanks for that clarification. So, you know, I know that therapists have a variety of different approaches in terms of the way they deal with their patients. How do you know which approach might work well for you?
1: So you likely won't but a good therapist will help you parcel that out when you first see them. See, therapists typically have an area of specialty. So many therapists are well-trained in general depression and anxiety and those sorts of symptoms. But there are certain therapists that are specialized in other areas, such as marriage, marriage counseling, children and adolescents, traumatic type of stress. So a lot of our military and veterans are coming to us with some of the post-traumatic stress. And so there are counselors that have those different types of specialties and their approach to care, depending on their specialty area, is going to be very different. And you may or may not know that going into your first session, but that could be something that you ask the counselor during your first intake session.
0: And I'm curious as to what some of the top obstacles that people might face when they're trying to find a therapist. And how do you suggest overcoming or coping with the obstacles that come up?
1: One of the biggest obstacles is just accessing the care where and when you need it. So that's what's wonderful about walk-in centers like the crisis center in Hartford County, the Klein Family Hartford Crisis Center, which never closes and other organizations that allow you that walk-in capacity to get help when you're ready, when you need it, in the right place. That being said, there's also other obstacles that I've seen come up, you know, which many of us are advocating to change, and I mean things like insurance coverage and the parity laws, Now, that's a lot of big words for who can you see that's gonna be covered by your health care insurance? So some counselors take certain insurances, some don't, and that could be an obstacle And what I would say to that is most insurances have a uh, website where you can go look for these providers. If you don't have access to the internet, you can always call your insurance and say, who's within a five mile radius with me, around me, and advocate for yourself. Also, what I find most is obstacles to care, time. We are in a busy culture. People don't tend to prioritize mental health needs as much as they do say medical care. So time can be huge. So there's all these innovative programs coming out now. I mentioned one that was a 24/7 access, but there's also telehealth and that just means that you would be able to access a counselor from your smart device, either your phone or your iPad. So, Look into those options, too. There's a lot of them that are available now.
0: And, you know, what are some of the differences between the telehealth experience versus in person? Because for me, and I know I'm old fashioned, I prefer the therapist in the flesh. I think there's a connection that you just don't get online, but not everyone feels that way. So I'm curious as to what your opinion is on the matter.
1: I'm always an advocate for being present with somebody in the moment and walking through those vulnerable parts of their experience, life experience with them together. That's a crux of, of good therapy. But I think we're also living in a technology age, especially with our younger generations, that the tolerance and the time for that is just impractical. And so in order to meet clients where they are, which may mean on their phone, I think we do need to start thinking about those types of services differently. And certainly the counseling community has caught up with that demand and that need for that kind of instant connection on a device rather than in person. Is it always perfect? No. There's, there's nuances to behavior you don't see over the phone, but it can provide people with immediate relief in the comfort of their own home
0: just in wrapping up here, when you do start to see a therapist, what do you do in the situation where you don't feel like you're gelling with them that well? You know, I imagine some of the things that we talked about earlier was the importance of feeling really comfortable and, you know, oftentimes it's kind of like dating. Like you need to find the person that you click with before you can disclose a lot of that information that is personal to you. So I'm curious as to any recommendations that you'd have when a person comes across a person that they may not feel super comfortable with and then best practices on how to find that person?
1: We're all human beings, all wired differently with different personalities. And you may get in front of a therapist and you just feel it's just not a good click. First, I would say that is okay. It's a normal, usual response sometimes. And to talk about it openly with that counselor, uh, that's okay to do. The counselor is trained in how to have those difficult discussions If you're struggling with somebody in that type of relationship, this may be something that you learn and move through and gain a skill from and then apply that to your external world. So it's never a bad thing if you don't click with a therapist and you should always address it first. Now, if all of that's done and you're still feeling like, I just need to find somebody different, this is just not working, that is also okay. And feel free to talk with the therapist about, I think I need to end this relationship and maybe start a new therapist relationship and explore those options.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. One of the things that I think also a lot of people need to understand is that there doesn't necessarily uh, need to be anything that feels that wrong or that off. I'm a relatively new parent, first-time parent, and the transition of having all of your time to none of it and then how you support your partner through all of those changes can be really difficult. And just having a third-party person that is a professional, has been trained on this matter, and is going to have a non-biased opinion you know, someone to just listen to you and help you unpack some of the things that you're feeling, even if they're not really serious, has been at least very helpful for me. And I'm sure as a therapist that you find that that's the case. The earlier that people are coming in and starting to unpack some of these issues, the better it's going to be for them. Is that, is that correct?
1: Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you shared that because it's the truth. You can glean a lot of support and help from the people around you and your family, your friends, your faith community. That's the first point of support for anybody emotionally. But sometimes you just need an impartial objective response to what you're going through. It can be incredibly helpful.
0: Well, Pamela, I think that's a perfect place to end. Thanks so much for joining me today. To find a behavioral health professional near you, go to umms.org slash mental health. Thank you for listening to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out our entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. We look forward to you joining us again soon.